Hey, this is Liz in LA, and you're listening to Northwest Nerd. Broadcasting from the crossroads of fandom, bringing you news, entertainment, and the stories that make us nerds, welcome to Northwest Nerd. Hey there, everybody. I'm pop culture journalist Dyer Oxley, and in this episode of Northwest Nerd, you know the story of the Oregon Trail, the educational video game. At least, you you know it if you listen to this podcast. A quick little side note here. One of my favorite memories of doing this podcast was at a Northwest Nerd Comic Con after party. One of our listeners actually came to that after party cosplaying as the Oregon Trail. It was after we did a feature on the kind of the origins and the founding of that. Going to give a shout out to Grace. That is one of my favorite moments of this podcast, Cosplay and Oregon Trail. Well, anyway, the game may be associated with the 80s and 90s and all the kids who grew up playing it in schools, but you can actually still play it. Play a little bit more modern version of it thanks to some renovations of this historic game. And that's what we're talking about in this episode, with a little update on the Oregon Trail. This story comes to us from Anna King, a reporter with Northwest News Network, who discovered that the classic Oregon Trail video game is getting a bit of a historic update. You know, now that modern programming allows for a more full and accurate picture of 1800s United States. Now, Anna, like a lot of us, grew up with a fondness for the Oregon Trail. For her, she played it a lot in the fourth and fifth grade. The video game was sort of a reward for doing schoolwork at her rural elementary in Roy, Washington. And we'd run down the stairs, these big, huge wooden stairs, and then we'd get there as quick as we can. We'd be all out of breath and we'd be like, <laughs> and trying to play the Oregon Trail game as soon as we could because we knew that at the end of the period, then we'd have to go to the next activity or the next recess or something. And so we knew that we only had like 15 minutes to play the game. Of course, the game can take a lot longer than 15 minutes if you plan it right and if you don't die along the journey. I, I think that the real amazing part of Oregon Trail was that you could kind of create your own destiny and you could kind of create your own, you had imagination plus the game to like carry you forward. It was a choose your own adventure game. It was really, it was really cool. So now, when Anna heard that the folks over at Gameloft had opted to pick up Oregon Trail for a modern update, Anna was pretty excited. And as a reporter who has found herself covering tribes in the Northwest, well, that added a whole nother layer of intrigue. How exactly would this update fill in the gaps from the original game? After all, with today's games, there's a lot more room for context. In this case, a lot more room for history. I learned things during the research of this story that I really hadn't read. I was surprised to learn that just during my great-grandmother's time, 
Native Americans didn't have citizenship. I don't know that we think about that all the time, but that they they received citizenship very late in in our history as America, and that they didn't have any rights before then. Okay, real quick overview of the game here. Oregon Trail was originally created by Don Rawich back in the early 1970s. It was the school project as part of a history segment while he was earning his teaching certificate. Initially, he envisioned Oregon Trail as this board game, but it evolved into a computer game aimed at covering this expansive time in U.S. history. Now, at the time, computers, they took up entire rooms. Oregon Trail was played using a teletype machine. So users would type commands into a keyboard, which would send a signal to the computer room somewhere on campus in Minneapolis. That's where Don got permission to host the program. And then in response, the computer would send something back to be printed on paper. No monitor. You know, it it all evolved from there, eventually making its way onto Apple computers in schools across the country throughout the 80s and 90s. And the rest is history. That's somewhat of a condensed version of that story, but Dawn has garnered a little bit of fame as the guy who invented this iconic educational game. You know, and if you ask him today, which actually Northwest Nerd has asked him when we covered Oregon Trail previously, if you ask Dawn if he would do anything differently if he'd make it today, this is actually what Dawn previously told Northwest Nerd. Native American perspective, I I think, is important because uh, so much of uh, messages that have come from our culture over the past decades have have tended to um, portray the the travel west as a situation where uh, uh, white pioneers traveled in a covered wagon and were attacked by tribes of Indians all the time. And it, it sets up a good guy, bad guy kind of scenario, which is unfair. Yeah, it turns out that tribes weren't often looking for a fight. In fact, indigenous peoples were quite helpful. Helped to um, understand how to find food and, and uh, how to stay away from things that, that were not uh, healthy for you. I think when the settlement first began, the Native American people thought giving a little help would be fine. Uh, but then, of course, the, the immigration turned into a... Uh, a rushing river and uh, they found that they were being overwhelmed in, in their own territories. It's a, it's a complicated story and sometimes I think it's been oversimplified. And you know, actually, that is what game designers with Gameloft in Brisbane, Australia did while they were developing a newer version of Oregon Trail. It's been released on Apple Arcade. You can play it right now. But the effort wasn't just with the programmers. They pulled in indigenous historians into the mix to advise on a range of details and a range of narratives. To tell the story in a new way and to tell the story with more context, even though it is a hard story for Native Americans, they wanted to be more respectful about it and actually have characters that you can play that are Native American and characters that you encounter being Native American. And it's not just like, oh, we're going on the trail and there's the Native Americans over there in the corner over there. It was like they're one part, they're part of the integral game. 
So I think that's a new experience with this version. The problems with the original Oregon Trail game are problems with the way most of the United States thinks about indigenous people and about American um, expansion more generally. So this is Margaret Hiddle. She's actually a historian with the University of Nebraska, and she has Lakota tribal ancestors. So, you know, as we say in the in the acknowledgement that opens the game, um, the Oregon Trail for Native people means dispossession. It means violence. It means destruction. It's not a positive story. That acknowledgement that she references there is this quick little message at the start of the updated Oregon Trail. It notes that what we call this event that was the Oregon Trail, it was a different experience depending on who you are considering. So the challenge for developers in this case was to keep Oregon Trail accurate to the original game, but at the same time making it more historically accurate to the actual event. That's just a message at the start of the game. It's not the content. This is Jared Trudgeon with Gameloft. He was the lead designer for this updated version. And it is a big game. It takes hours to play, you know, to get from Independence to Oregon. And the game is designed just like the original to be played multiple times. It's got a high difficulty. You're probably, you know, not going to make it to Oregon the first time you play. Your characters are going to you know, get dysentery, they're going to get attacked by bears, they're going to get robbed, they're going to starve, get exhausted, broken arms, accidental gunshots, like all that sort of sudden misfortune and and some of the emergent humour of the original is all still there. He was humble enough to understand that he was one uh, white, two male, three Australian maybe didn't have the best context for Native American history. And so he recruited uh, along with, you know, um, Game Loft, other other experts, they recruited three Indigenous historians. And one of those historians was Margaret. And, um, you know, initially all of the Native people had braids. Um, And I think we suggested maybe they don't all have to have braids. The Lenape character, you know, maybe it's easier to put her hair in a bun. Not every Native person is going to wear braids every day. And you see that in the in the game. Another example here is the language encountered on the trail. There were many tribes along the way, and therefore few different dialects would be encountered, as Anna explains here. You know, that old speech, that kind of Tonto-esque speech from old Westerns or from old movies is just so incredibly insulting to Native Americans who probably spoke several languages at the time, maybe French, maybe uh, their indigenous language, maybe several indigenous languages plus English. So some of the some of the characters have like English names, you know, that would have been adopted after that they had had more interaction with with uh, white people possibly and then some have their original native american names and some characters are wearing kind of different outfits that are indicative of their own tribe and their culture and where they're from like a native american that would have been from 
New York or Missouri area might be dressed differently than a character out of Oregon City or out of, you know, the Oregon Territory. The idea that, you know, Native Americans were just completely outside the trail was not accurate. And there were Native Americans working as tradespeople at the forts along the way. And that was something we wanted, you know, shine a bit more of a light on, like, it's not just immigrants on this trail and Native Americans are over there. There's a lot of integration. There's plenty of immigrants that knew um, Indigenous people. As you're traveling and reaching, you know, milestones in that journey, you're reaching the forts. As you reach some of those, you're unlocking these other journeys. And some of those other journeys is where the real interesting content around Native Americans is. It didn't make sense to just tell stories about Native Americans who were actively on the trail. We wanted to tell stories about Native American peoples around the trail just living you know, their life and some of the impact of the trail on them. So we have a story of a Pawnee family in uh, the first journey then you, you unlock called Winter Migration. It's one of my favourite journeys in the game. It's, it's less challenging. It's more about just having a nice narrative experience where you're spending time with um, a mother and her son as they travel from their village to their winter camp for the first time. He, he's quite young. He's a teenager. It's his first time travelling like with the adults and he's learning things along the way. It's a really poignant story. Um, I get emotional when I play it still. Jared from Gameloft, he really wanted um, bows and arrows. Video games like have a history of bow and arrows being really cool. Tomb Raider and Last of Us and like these big games where yeah, bow and arrows are sick. So it was one of our first uh, thoughts when there's a hunting mini game in the Oregon Trail, which is a classic part of the original. And we thought, oh, we could do a bow and arrow, you know, version of the hunting minigame if you have a Native American in your party. And um, Hiddle, the historian, explained, you know, they would have more than likely been using rifles because that was the best tool at, on the West. And the scholars really guided us away from that as, again, just, eh, it's, it's leaning into that trope of the, the sort of savage, you know, Native American. If you were a Native American trapper, at that time, you more than likely had a rifle. You were using a rifle because that was your job and that was the best tool of the trade. So that was, that was something that was a bit surprising uh, as a change that we made. This all added up to an updated Oregon Trail game that stays true to the original, but also it has a lot more historical truth to it. A lot of what we were getting was us trying, thinking, oh, this is, you know, the right thing to do and getting the feedback of like, don't, don't reduce the characters to their Indianness. Like, just let them be characters existing uh, at the time. You know, the benefit of modern arcade games like this new Oregon Trail is that they're not limited to a disc like the original Oregon Trail was or to cartridges like many of us grew up with. These games can be updated. And this one likely will. It'll be tweaked. It'll be given more stories along the trail. One game isn't going to be able to fix the popular narrative of U.S. history. Um, and a game by non-Native developers isn't the same thing as Indigenous people telling their own stories. 
But I do think that by choosing to tell this more complicated, complete version of that story, which I do think is what um, is what the new game is trying to do, tell this more complete, complicated version. My hope is that it can help us reckon with these uncomfortable and kind of ugly parts of American history. Um, also, I guess, while trying not to die of dysentery. So, you know, sneaking it in there nice and subtle in the form of entertainment. And I'm going to say it again. That story came to us from Anna King. It is entirely based on her work. So I want to make sure credit is given where credit is due. Anna graciously allowed Northwest Nerd to use her interviews. So go and check out her feature, Remaking the Oregon Trail Video Game with an Eye Toward More Accurate Native American Depictions over at Northwest News Network. Again, that's Anna King's feature over at Northwest News Network. You can even hear her version of that feature embedded within that story. I'll be linking to that story in the show notes also. Uh, I'm going to extend that thanks to Margaret Kittle and Jared Trudgeon, who spoke with Anna for this story. I was completely stoked when I initially read it. I was like, this is the update. This is the update I was talking about with Dawn a couple years ago. This is perfect. And uh, she was really, really nice to jump on board for uh, helping Northwest nerd out. So thanks again for being game. Maybe a little pun intended on that. Music in this episode's feature was by Kevin McLeod. Northwest Nerd's theme music is by The Hoot Hoots. And one final thought, just going to send you out to Northwest Nerd's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Of course, if you haven't followed or liked us there, please do. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, I have posted a link to our feedback form. This is something I throw out there every now and then just to hear from you. You know, any stories that you think I should cover, people from the geek economy who deserve a spotlight or issues from the geek community that you feel we should be talking about. You never know. It could be something that we bring up in the next episode. And until then, this is Dyer Oxley with Northwest Nerd. Northwest Nerd.